Welcome to the Sozo Sessions podcast. My name is Amanda Lee, and this podcast is a place for all things healing. I know better than anyone that the healing journey can make you feel very alone, confused, and overwhelmed. So I've gathered my best tools possible and bringing the best guests on to interview about all things healing from a spiritual, emotional, and physical standpoint. I want you to finally feel at home in your body so you can forget about the things that are plaguing you and finally live your best life and do your God-given mission. So get cozy, grab something warm to drink, and let's dive into the Sozo Sessions. Hey guys! Happy Wednesday. Welcome to episode six of the Sozo Sessions. My name is Amanda Lee, your host, and I am so excited to be here with you guys. Uh, Today's guest I'm just thrilled about. It's Jenny Schatzel, (laughs) and I've been waiting to have this conversation with her for a while. And I'm not going to spend much time on an intro today um, because we had an amazing conversation. I could have talked to her all day, and I just want to jump into the content And then I'll kind of share with you guys my conclusions at the end. But uh, Jenny is on a mission to change the conversation on body image, confidence, and movement. And she's a wellness and lifestyle guide who helps people feel good about themselves. And she created a successful life-changing program called the Jenny Schatzel Program, which is now Bond Fitness, which is located here where I live in Santa Barbara, California. And her passion is empowering people to accept themselves, respect themselves, and love themselves in every aspect of their lives. And uh, her program is just as much about health and wellness as it is about positivity, self-love, and letting go of behavior and negative thinking that limits our success. Uh, She's been featured in dozens of media outlets worldwide, and she has two TEDx talks uh, that had audiences on their feet. I do not doubt that. She also was named National Association of Women Business Owners, Female Business Owner of the Year. She's a mom of twin girls and an inspiration and example for people everywhere. And through this movement, she's driving a new era era of change with fitness, body image, and self-worth and changing the conversation around who people are. So without further ado, here's Jenny Schatzel. Okay, I've got my first in-person podcast interview today with Jenny Schatzel. Hi, Jenny. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Me too. I just tripped up the stairs holding coffee and spilled everywhere, but it's let's okay. go. You're giving some entertainment to the good people of Kiva. You said show up as your authentic self. That's right. This is who I am. Do you remember, you probably don't, but I remember the first time I met you. It was 10 years ago, maybe nine. Um, I was working at CrossFit in eight, and we did like one of those days where you go to the companies and they do like a fitness expo in the parking lot where you sign up people for your business to share about workouts. And we were at Yardy. Yes, we Yardy. That's yep. where we were. And you had pens and you're like, hi, I'm Jenny Schatzel. Take a pen. And it was like a yellow. Do you remember? <laughs> like I, don't, I remember that event, but oh, I, I don't, don't remember specifically me. remember. I remember you. Yes, because I love personality that. personality was like, so I was like, whoa, this chick is on like she knows what she's doing sidebar wait did you used to work in it i was yeah i was coach yeah i I didn't know that yeah i was a coach there um i was like the first coach that they brought on china and and casey yeah so i I did that for a few years until i got pregnant and i i worked through my pregnancy and then when i gave birth and became a single mom i just couldn't make enough money to survive in this town doing that so i had to go work at a restaurant at night and had to switch it up but yeah it was a great place good people and you know fitness so that's how I first met you I love and, that and since and then I watched you just build this amazing empire in Santa Barbara and beyond um 
you know, we had the, the Schatzel smoothie at Whole Foods, which I truly enjoyed. I was so sad when it was gone because I, I was know, like, it's, oh. it was a good smoothie. <laughs> so you can make it at home. Easy. <laughs> Put avocado in your smoothie. Yeah. That is the key. Yeah. Everybody thinks that's weird, but it actually makes it really thick and really smooth. Sidebar. There you go. There you go. And um, you've become known for now, I would say, this phrase of changing the conversation um, around food, your body. What does change the conversation mean to you? So I have been in the fitness industry, as you mentioned. I've been in Santa Barbara training for over 20 years, Mm -hmm. and I did all the things that you do in the fitness world. I gave people restrictive diets. I weighed them in. I did before and after pictures, and um, I did it for many, many years. And now I'm on the other side of that where I've realized that those are not the things that, one, make you happy but are sustainable. Yeah. And so, to be honest, there's somebody very close to me in my family that came out with an eating disorder. And it was actually my wake-up call, and she was my catalyst for change, and this was before I had children. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that if this can happen in my family, I actually had a part in this. Yeah. With the way that our family, our cycle was to diet and binge. Our cycle was to work out to the extreme. Our cycle was to obsess about our bodies. My sister, my mom, my niece, all of us. It's all we talked about. It, what we were eating or not eating, what we were doing for a workout. And I live, so not only did I grow up like that, yeah. but then I went into the fitness industry. So I thought that's how everybody lived. Like, I thought that's just what people did. Yeah. And it was my life 24-7. And so uh, my catalyst for change was truly realizing that I had a part in this little girl. She's 16 years old and hates her body and is throwing up and not eating and all the things and it was it was my reflection that I had a part in this and I need to change myself and it just so happens years after that I got pregnant with two girls Mm -hmm. and so you know I really think this is I don't think I believe this is absolutely the work I'm doing in the world and changing the conversation is about body image it's about self-worth and it's about movement and women and movement not only working out but moving forward Mm -hmm. you know it's I say this a lot but as women we want to seat at the table, then we've got to change the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times we're sitting around as women and this is what we're talking about. We're talking about, oh, if my thighs are so big or I hate my stomach or I shouldn't have eaten that burrito last night. Where It's like we've got real issues and real things to be talking about. Yeah. And the more I got into this, I realized like, oh, yeah, it's easier to talk about food than your broken marriage. It's easier to talk about your body than your mental health, yeah. right? So it's all really... Surfacey, mm-hmm. and but it's also what a lot of us grew up in, and the conversations we heard, and the conversations we were involved in, and so we're at this point now. I'm in my 40s. That if we're not changing this conversation, then we're just passing the conversation on. Mm-hmm. And so my movement is to help women change the conversation for themselves, and then that empowers them to change it for other women. But most importantly, change it for the women coming behind us. Yes. Yeah. I'm a girl mom too. You're, I'm tearing up as you're talking just because the responsibility we have as moms of girls is so huge in the fact that they're listening to everything we say. They're watching everything we do and we really are shaping them in so many ways. But I think of all the times I look back at pictures of myself where I was critiquing myself and I'm like, I look amazing Amazing. what the hell was wrong with me okay but i'll do it now to who to uh, where i am right now i'll look back now 20 years from now and be like what was wrong with you but that's it yeah and i feel so many of us go through this right we Mm -hmm. see pictures pop up from 10 years ago or whatever oh my gosh it looked amazing what was i thinking i hated my body yeah but it's also if you take a step back 
when we look at old pictures of us, I don't know, really thin, really toned, just in maybe some of us in a different body and think, what was I thinking? It's proof right there. It's not about the body. Totally. So I've yeah. been 20 pounds lighter and I, and I still didn't like my happy. body. Yeah. Right. And so now it's this conversation too. Like my sister is 10 years older than I am and she's now going through menopause and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, just wait till you go through menopause. You're going to gain, you know, gain weight. Oh, I can't sleep. I'm all the like, hot flashes, all these things. And I, and so I said, I'm like, so we've grown up our whole lives hating our bodies to only hate our bodies more. Yeah. Right? So right. it's like every like every generation gets older, oh, just wait till you get 50, wait till you get 60, this is going to happen. This is, so I'm like, what is what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Are we just supposed to go through life hating our body and then just keep looking back thinking, oh, I wish I would have appreciated that. Yeah. But then let's change that conversation. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we think is the thing that has been ingrained in us. The second thing we think or the action we take is who we want to be. So when we look at those pictures or think of ourselves and think like, oh, I really should have appreciated it, then take a moment and say, but I can do that action now. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's those things of like, oh, I really should lose weight. Oh, uh, my thighs are so big. Again, that first thought is what has been ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. It's funny. uh, So one of my best friends just had her second child and she's lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And it is like so hard for me not to say oh my gosh you've lost so much weight yeah and I'm really working on not commenting not commenting and I haven't said anything and she's you know we we talk about working out and all this stuff but like in a very different positive way and it's it's it was amazing to me how hard it was and triggering a little bit for me like oh well she's lost some weight like maybe I should maybe be doing something and and then I but it's the awareness around like, oh, yeah, the, that's that old conversation that yeah. I don't need to be having, mm-hmm. right? And so um, also the reason we don't – this is kind of a sidebar to just – but as a reminder, the reason we don't comment on people's bodies is because then we put the value on what they look like. Right. Right? And we don't really know what people are going through. Like my best friend, I know she's doing it in a very healthy way. There was this – somebody just sent me this video – of this girl on TikTok or Instagram, and she was saying how baby boomers, she said, I went to a party, and she said, I've lost weight. I've done it in a very healthy way, and I'm not trying to break, but I've lost weight. And I went to a family party, and all anybody talked about was how good I looked because I've lost weight. And she said, and it's having the reverse effect on me. Yeah. One, I am so scared to gain this weight back. Uh-huh. And yeah. two, all these women in my family value is the way that I look. Right. And that is a conversation that we cannot be passing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're saying change the conversation, there's multiple aspects of that one just with yourself. And then of yourself, what you're saying to yourself, what you're saying about your body, and then two, with other people, what's coming out of your mouth, what you're discussing about their bodies or just weight and all those things in general. So my question is, I think going about it with yourself is probably difficult, but I think it's also difficult say if you're already in a family, which we all are, (laughs) or in a friend group, and this is conversation, how do you go about changing that in a way that leads the conversation elsewhere when that's what the, like, what would you suggest to this friend of yours in that party situation to try to guide the conversation differently? So a couple things, and it's, it's difficult. One thing I'm always reminded of, it takes one person to break a cycle in a family. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It sure is. It's hard. Nobody wants to rock the boat. You're yeah. going to get backlash. But when you can come from a place a place of love and empathy and not anger, that's how you truly change it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to get angry and to get upset. But when you take a step back and think, that's the way they grew up. Yeah. It's all they know. Totally. And so a couple things in the moment, um, really good ways are just to, one, if you're really uncomfortable and don't want to say anything, walk away. Mm-hmm. Just go into another room, go into, leave the conversation. And two is to really say, like, I feel great, but let's talk about something else. Yeah. And then when you get a moment, um, again, to have a deeper conversation, it might not happen like in a group setting at a party. Mm-hmm. But I think when you can come to like, I get a lot of people that will say like, my mother, you know, will comment on my body or my kid's body or my mother-in-law or, you know, the aunt or the, and if you have a close family, those comments not only have been affecting you, but they are going to affect your children. Mm-hmm. And so to sit down you have to have those difficult conversations one-on-one, but coming from a place of love and empathy and telling your story. Like, listen, when you say X, Y, and Z, I have struggled with my own body mm-hmm. and with food, and I don't want to pass that on to my children. And so I'm really trying hard to change this for myself yeah. so I can help change it for them. And I love you, and you are such a p- huge part of this family, and what you say matters, and I need your help with this. Mm-hmm. I like that. That sounds a lot different than like, you, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to affect my daughter because Good. the moment we start pointing fingers, I mean, anything, even in relationships, let's even take it off body image. Yeah. Your husband comes home and you're like, you didn't change the, your husband or wife. You didn't take out the garbage yeah. and you didn't do the dishes. And when you start pointing fingers, people get defensive and their wall comes up and they're no totally. longer listening. Yeah. So how we say things is just as important as what we say, but coming from a place of love and empathy mm-hmm. and just asking them, like, I don't want to talk about this. I've struggled with this. So you have to tell your own story yeah. a bit about, you know, this has been hard for me mm-hmm. and it's not your fault. It's not, it, it's society's fault. It's culture's fault, but we are making an effort to change this. Then people in, internalize that and you're going to have more impact that way. Mm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I think I had a guest expert on a couple weeks ago who specializes in healing your relationship with your parents. And it was a coach that I worked with to work through a lot of my stuff. And one of the ways she has you go about conversations with your parents is asking questions and getting curious about their experience because we only know 2% or I think it's 10% of their story that what we've imagined or think we know. And so by actually asking questions, even in this area, getting clear, like what was it like for them to grow up about their body? What were some of the things that they, messages they got? And it gives you that empathy. It gives you that compassion of like, okay, they are really doing the best that they can with what they know. And it just levels the playing field of understanding because I think with our parents it's difficult to do that sometimes and so I think I love that approach and then and then explaining like hey this is why I want to change this you know and then making it less attacking because you're right as soon as you go into attack mode people get defensive and then the conversation kind of just ends (laughs) because nobody wants to be in that environment where they're being being you know critiqued yeah and the goal isn't to blame the goal is to actually make change yeah so when you can think of it that way you're going to make more impact coming from a place of love and empathy and it's true the more we get i love this coach we need her name she's awesome that's amazing that's exactly it's a game changer for my relationship with my parents and my relationship with my daughter yeah 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 actually uh mine too with my dad so and i wrote a lot about that in my book Mm -hmm. so my i have take the body image and stuff all that away i have serious had serious issues with my dad and so which led a lot to my toxic behavior my drinking my all the things um but once I realized like oh 
this man has a hard time showing love and affection because he never received it from his parents. And you could come from this place of like, oh my gosh, I'm not angry. I feel sorry for him. Totally. And so it's so true. But even the body image stuff, I mean, I've had people, we've gone, I've gone through this and people have messaged me and said, oh my gosh, I found my grandma's sheet of paper that had her weight that every day she wrote it down for her entire life. And you're like, that's your grandma? I mean, that's generations of just this intense, you know, body image stuff running through your family. I saw that reel you posted of the generations passing the message down. Oh, so powerful. so powerful. It's so powerful. And again, it's not anybody's fault, even us. It's like, I use that, um, I say this a lot, it's the first thing we think is what has been ingrained in us and the second is who we want to be. And I think about, because we all judge. I mean, we can say like, I like to try to live in a judge-free zone, but it's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. But you can change it. So even if I'm, you know, if you're judging what somebody's wearing, it's like, oh, like, oh, what is she wearing? Then it's like, oh, wait, who who am I to say that? Who am I to think that? Who cares? That's not my business. And that goes along, too, with how we judge other people's bodies says more about us than it does them. And I used, I'm going to be honest, I used, I called it a fattest. I used to be a fattest, Mm -hmm. like, because I grew up learn hearing feeling the message I received was being fat is the worst thing a woman could be yeah that gaining weight is the worst thing that can happen to you Mm -hmm. so I used to look at fat people and be like just get it together like why can't you just eat right and work out telling and you still hear people say this like even the pandemic well you know the gyms should have been open because you know people can eat and drink and obesity is an epidemic Sidebar the gyms, yes, for their mental health. But telling somebody who's overweight just eat, eat less and eat work less more and work out is like telling an alcoholic just to stop drinking. Yeah. Like nobody's getting to right. the root of the problem. Right. Right. So instead of being like, hey, I have a great workout plan for you, or hey, here's a meal plan, why aren't you sitting down and being like, what's really going on? Mm-hmm. Because it's never about the food. No. We yeah. think it is. Right. Oh, I'm a food addict. I'm a sugar addict. No, you're not. You're not dealing with your your problems. Right. Some people use alcohol. Some people some use people food. Use alcohol, some, some people use shopping, food, whatever. pills, yeah, shopping. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this is the premise of my book is that what are you doing to numb out? Because it, it, whatever that is, it's the way that you're numbing from what you really don't want to face. Right? right. Which is your dad issues, your mom issues, your whatever, your your purpose, your connection, your like all of these other things are missing. Mm-hmm. But we want to blame it on this thing. Right. Like, oh, I eat too much sugar. No, you don't know how to communicate with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are unclear where you want to go in life. You are, you know, it's like, it's it's so much deeper than the food. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, how my issues with food even started. I don't know that I had messages from my parents as much as there was a friend in high school who was struggling. And so she became obsessed with what she was eating, what she looked like. And then I started thinking like, oh, shit, maybe I should, you know, stop eating the noodles from the pasta salad, you know. And um, and then, you know, things tailspin from there where then I just became I went through all sorts of different kinds of eating patterns and eating issues. Um, so uh, it's interesting because I'm in health too. That's my, <laughs> my, I think, you know, sometimes we, we do the things that we are trying to escape from. I also had a really sick mom who has MS. Um, so for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to be as healthy as possible. It's like a overcorrection in some ways mm-hmm. or a fear, you know, controlling. So anyways, it's interesting to think about that. But what I want to ask you about is, um, you know, I have a program called Balanced, and 
It's about helping people balance their minerals, helping them balance their eating, their hormones, all these things. And so how do we get to a point of being balanced with this in the sense that in my industry, people are coming to me because they think something's wrong, right? And so I'm trying to help them be detectives in their body. So there's like the emotional aspects of things and all that. And then there's this piece of like, your body is doing what it needs to do to protect you because something's going on, whether it's infections, mold, parasites, whatever it is. So I live a lot in that land, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, let's figure out what's wrong. So it's so hard because it's like, where do we find this balance in the fact that we don't want to be always, again, in this realm, something's wrong with my body. But then when there's physical things that are happening, like, how do you balance that, you know, between like not being in, I got to change, I got to change, I got to change, but also I want to figure out what the hell's going on. Because I find it so hard to be, to figure out where to go in there because it's like a lot of women come to me because stuff's going on, but they're also really unhappy with their body. So it's like... It's like tricky ground. Yeah. So one thing, it's a couple things that people especially, I don't necessarily love the word balance. I don't really think it's just so hard. I like to say, let's find some harmony. Mm. Like balance is just, it's so hard, right? It's like no matter what in life, it's like some days you're going to work more. Some days are going to be more family. Some days like to have balance is, is hard. And like, yeah, my body hurts. My, there's different things. One thing a lot of people don't want to look into or talk about is the biggest in my opinion, one of the biggest issues in weight gain or holding on to weight or not liking your body is stress. Mm-hmm. Like that is true. Like, yeah. Like stress is causing a lot of our, and the more that we obsess about what's wrong, yeah, that's going to heighten totally. and that's going to create more stress and then more guilt and more shame because you think you should be doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you're like so obsessed about doing all those things to do it right, to get your body healed. But actually, you're stressing so much about it that it's inf- it, the inflammation is just growing. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. And so um, one thing with the body is I really honestly, I love when you say I'm a detective for like what's going on in the body. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We have to learn to do this in a really like gentle, graceful way. Mm-hmm. And so also exploring all the other aspects. Like My biggest eye opening was my sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, your sleep directly affects your nutrition. Yeah. You know, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm, like, I, you're going to want more sugar and carbs. Yeah. And not to say that that stuff's bad. This is also where the conversation needs to change is that we're, we demonize yeah. so much food right. that we, again, it's an overcorrection, that we're now scared of things. Like, again, like, people, sugar is just as addicting as cocaine. Well, actually, it's not. If you actually <laughs> read that piece of research, there was, like, a whole other element missing from yes. it yeah. that they, like, gave the rats a bunch our, of sugar. Our cells need sugar to yes. function. And, our brain and needs it. It's, life. Yeah. Like, yeah. we are just, like, we are, yes. you do. And We run on carbs. That's the way that it is. Well, and yeah. it's just, we can't demonize food right and I quit dieting five years ago and it, it is a roller coaster mm-hmm. I, I say dieting is harder to quit than alcohol like mm-hmm. I'm nine years sober but it, it's funny when I got sober is when my food and body issues really came up and really heightened <laughs> you didn't have that to hide behind anymore exactly yeah. exactly right. and so um one thing I've learned and you know it's a phrase I love it's we say all foods fit so we don't demonize food food is not good or bad um, and a lot of people disagree with this. I mean, right. I've had people get so, literally, literally get so upset with me for eating Cheez-Its on, like I was on Instagram and I was eating Cheez-Its and they're just like, 
this is non-GMO and horrible and this product. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, this is part of the problem, right? And so... Nobody wants to critique anybody more than health professionals who are eating. I find, like, it's, like, it's the it's worse than politics. It's, it's worse crazy. than religion. <laughs> like, there's so there a, was this, I get the is, most DMs about, what do you, what's in that bowl? So, so you eat yogurt? You eat full dairy yogurt? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm just like, oh, wow. So a lot of us grew up, I especially myself, like, I was doing, I was food and body obsessed in the name of health. Right, me So too. I thought yeah. I was being healthy. Mm-hmm. I was being so unhealthy. Yes. It was so toxic. It was so obsessive. It took me out of living my life. Mm-hmm. So for me to be 20 pounds lighter than I am right now takes me out of living my life. That is not a weight I'm supposed to be at. Yeah. And a lot of us are trying to get to a weight where our body is not meant to be at. Mm, I love that. And and I think that's hard because it might be a weight that you were at before. So women are comparing themselves to them old, their old selves. Yes. So in their mind, they're like, but I used to be. Yeah. So why can't I be now? And then they get into this struggle. Because the conversations for us growing up were never, could you imagine if we grew up and our the women in our lives are like, your body's going to change and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that's what happens. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not who I, I'm not, I'm never going to look, but this is for everybody. If we all ate the same, if we all worked out the same, it we would, would still, still look different. different. I have twins, same body, or excuse me, same house, same parents, a little bit of same DNA right there. Yeah. One's three inches taller. Yeah. They eat different. I love your comparisons when you do that because you're like, they have totally, totally, totally different, different personalities. personalities. I mean, yeah. literally, it's fascinating even the way they eat. Like, we, our job as parents is to serve a variety of food. And they Their job is to eat it. Yes. So we do not comment on food. Uh-huh. I put candy in their lunch every single day. We we say all foods fit. Yeah. I mean, their teacher, we had an instance where one of their teachers, and again, they're four, so I think the message got a little skewed, but she came home and she was very upset and she said, you know, at school they told me I have to eat my string cheese before I can, before have, I can have. And so I was like, all right, let's have a conversation with your teacher. And we sat down and she was like, this is awesome. I haven't heard this kind yeah. of like all foods fit. What is that? You yeah. know? And I had this amazing conversation. Yeah. And, you know, she was like, that's not exactly how it went down. But, yeah. but you know, I mean, yeah. but she was like, I'm really grateful for this conversation. So even having just open conversations, but getting to the back to the place of balance is we have to accept that our bodies are going to change in mm-hmm. so many ways and being detectives. And so what I have found when you allow all foods to fit, and here's the other thing, this takes years, especially if you've been dieting and right. on this like diet binge cycle or constantly dieting, It and this is what everybody else doesn't want either. You, It's going to take you years, but that's going to change your life, mm-hmm. right? We're all still looking for like the 30-day quick fix so I can just lose weight because I feel terrible. But when we allow all foods to fit, you get to decide what you actually like. Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing. Like the other day we were having Skittles and I was like, I don't like Skittles. Yeah. These aren't good. But for me, it was such like a cheap food or mm-hmm. a, like candy or anything. Like pizza was a trigger food because I only ate it when I was cheating. So I only ate large amounts. Mm-hmm. And so now I allow myself, nothing's good, nothing's bad. But how does it feel in my body? And mm-hmm. I'm able to, like, recognize that. But we are so, this is the other problem, is that we were raised, oh, do this diet. Oh, you know, for somebody else to tell us mm-hmm. how to eat, mm-hmm. that we don't listen to our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's the other problem, especially, like you said, like, when we're with our friends and you're like, oh, 
you know, in high school, my friends doing that and not yeah. eating that. Maybe I should do that. So then you, or you see somebody who I want to look like that or like my friend, she's lost weight. Maybe I should do what she's doing. It was right. amazing that that thought still came up and I was like, oh, there's the old programming. Yeah. Right. But that's also, we rely so much on other people's opinions and other, what other people are doing that we've lost, like our bodies have the answer. Yes. It, you want to get in balance? Train yourself to listen to your body. Yes, that's how you become Intuitive the detective. Eating. Yes, yeah, totally, and everything, and and taking the time to listen, and knowing what that voice. Some people don't even know what that voice listen sounds like because they've blocked it out so much, or they don't trust themselves. Really, they don't trust their bodies. When I started this, I worked with a registered dietitian and a nutrition therapist. Mm-hmm. Her her name is Heather Lindahl. She's in Santa Barbara. She is amazing. And when we first started, I literally. I think I, can I swear? Yeah. I think I called her a bitch. I was yeah. like, I literally was so angry and yeah. I was like, you cannot just tell me I can eat whatever I want. Like, you're insane. I'm going to gain 50 pounds <laughs> because I was so angry that I had lived this for so long and I was literally against everything she's, all this I'm telling you, I was so against it. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the base of my business. Like, I can't tell people they can just eat what they want and like not give them something, a diet to follow. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And it took me a couple months to like come off that ledge and then it changed and I did it and I worked with her for years and it changed my life. And it, it's again, people just think like, cause I thought it, oh, just intuitive eating, tell people they eat whatever they want. No, it's about getting back, taking your power back. Mm-hmm. It's about getting back to you, about listening to your body. Like, oh, does a hand now I can eat a handful of cheeses. Does a box of cheeses taste feel good? Absolutely not. Right. But that is like I had to come off that all or nothing cycle. Yeah, because when the restrictions there though, we want to eat the whole box because we haven't allowed ourselves to have any. So it's like I'm gonna eat the whole box and then I'm gonna start again tomorrow. That was the men- that's the mentality, right? It's like 100. And so it's funny even with kids, you know, talking about Halloween candy with my daughter. I let her take her Halloween candy in her room. And I, I'm not like, no, we're putting this away. I'm just like, okay, take it in room. And you know what? She doesn't even touch it. It's she. Audrey likes to organize it, but it's like I don't have to worry about her going in and sneaking or hiding or whatever because the candy's there, and it's not like this big bad thing that she can't have access to. And it just takes it away. It takes the I'm going to eat as much as I can right now away because that restriction option isn't there. So. I feel like that's the right decision for her, you know, to allow her to be able to do that and to not make it bad or good or say, you know, I give her an option. Like, if you want to trade it, you can get something else, you know, and sometimes she does that. Um, but it's but it's been amazing to just watch her. I'm like, okay, take it in your room. And, like, I go in, like, three months later, it's still sitting there. It's, it's amazing. And also with the kids, um, it's really difficult. So it's I remember so when, the, when the girls were, I don't know, two or three, and I actually called Heather, and I was – Haven was just, my daughter, just wanted, like, she just wanted sugar all the time. Or that's what, in my head, I was seeing and hearing. And I call her, and I'm like, I think Haven's, like, eating too much sugar. And I've, like, been doing this work, right? And she was like, first of all, she is a toddler. She, do you hear your language? Like, she's not addicted to sugar. And this is your stuff. And I was like, this is so my stuff. Like, like worried for my child that she's eat like it again the stuff still comes up and I yeah. needed that reminder mm-hmm. and so we do the same things and it's <clears throat> it's also with children it's really important how we react to things mm-hmm. so I have a lot of people say like oh my te- my junior high kid came home and said she was fat and somebody called her fat 
of course, you're gutted as a parent, right? You don't want, especially if we've been through like these body issues, you do not want to pass that on to your child. But how we react to that, if you're like, who told you that? You are not fat. Why would you, why do you think that? Oh my, like, no, you are not. So we're getting riled up because we want to like squash it. But they're internalizing like, oh, this is a big deal because my mom's freaking out. Right. Right. So just being calm and being like, oh, well, where did like, where did that come from? And how do you feel about your body? Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's got a different body and I think it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And having these like more, like you said, like asking questions. Well, how does that make you feel? Right. How do you feel about your body? Right. So we have, my girls are only four and we have a lot of these conversations. And so, especially around food, we allow, same thing, we allow all foods, like Halloween, all the things. And then we, I always say, how does that feel on your body? Mm-hmm. So it's amazing now, like I'll bring them a snack and they will be, I don't know, an apple. My girls don't really like cheese, but a slice of cheese and like a, maybe a little candy bar. And some days they just eat the candy bar. Some days they actually leave the candy bar mm-hmm. because they, it's, they see it so often. It's yeah. not... Right. And then also, for, so for instance, like if they want candy late at night, well, I, re, I do realize that that does, they, Haven doesn't sleep well. Right. Right? So yeah. we talk about that. Yeah. And I say, so, you know, when you have candy, it's got sugar in it, which sugar, I love it. It's so good. It tastes so good. But when we have it late at night, you yeah. don't sleep well. Right. And we got to have really good sleep because yeah. you're growing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. That makes sense. This totally makes sense. Yeah. And so also I say, so we never say like, no, you can't have it. So I'll say, how about I put that in your lunch tomorrow? And they're like, great. Because then they know it's coming later. Because they know yeah. it's coming later. Yeah. Or also, like, if they want something for breakfast that we're, and I'll, or anything, and I just say, you know what? That's not what we're eating right now. But if you want that, you could have that for snack. Mm-hmm. Or if you want that in your lunch, we could totally do that. But you know what? That's not what we're having right now. Yeah. So it's not this, like, no, no you can't, can't have, have it. it. This is bad. Right. So really, again, we're changing the conversation around that. Yeah. Yeah, explaining to, to, like, sugar gives energy. So it's like this is something you can have, you know, it makes sense to have it when energy is needed. Sleep time, we want to rest, you know, and so it makes sense that their bodies, you know, I feel like if you explain it to them in a way that they're like, oh, okay, but I get to have it. Yeah, I'm at school. and we could put that. It was yeah. fascinating. So one of my things is I love going to the movies. And so um, my nieces and nephews, our thing was like, we'd always go to the gas station and get candy and, you know, you sneak it into the movies. And yeah. so, uh, we went to the movies. This was just like a couple weeks ago and we went and got candy and then we went to the movies, we got popcorn, we got candy and we left. And my daughter who is four years old, Hope said, mom, I think we bought too much candy cause it didn't make me feel good. So next time we go to the movies, I think I just want popcorn. And I was like, Great discovery. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Again, I was like, hey, I was very calm, but I was like, you know what? Good job listening to your body. Yeah. And that is what we're trying to totally. teach Totally. Audrey's done that few, too a few times where she's just been like, I don't feel good having any more of that. I think I'm just going to eat the apple. Do you have anything else in the car that has, the, you know, like a fruit or whatever? Or she'll just be like, I've had enough candy or I don't want to have any today, you know, or whatever. And so it is good to let her listen to her body. I had a journey with food with her, though, that was interesting and I did a workshop um by Ellen Satterfield do you know who she is Mm -hmm. she's great with kids and food and she is the one who talked taught me about the division of responsibility which is exactly what you said where you're like I'm presenting the options I'm choosing what we're going to have for dinner and you get to pick what you're going to eat um now it's hard because Audrey's in two homes so it's difficult because there was different things happening at the other house and I can't control that so I almost have to undo everything that I didn't love um and which was tough because I feel like I'm always on this treadmill of chasing 
what I want for her. But all I can do is control what is going on in our house and make sure that she knows that our house, you know, this is the way that it goes. You can choose what you're going to eat. Um, and, you know, it was a struggle for me, though, because when I uh, first had Audrey, breastfeeding was difficult. She had a lip and tongue tie. So all, already from the beginning became this power struggle of I want you to eat. She'd throw it up. I'd be in tears. It was like a lot of drama and the weight, worrying about her, right? Even from birth, it's like 100%. how much does this I'm baby so weigh? Yes, oh, man. It's... But like looking back, I'm like, I had nothing to worry about. She was perfectly healthy, but I was like comparing her to other babies. Yes. What the fuck? Yes. Even and from birth. I mean... You know, we got two for one. I have twins. We got two for one, so I'm not having another. But yeah. I say I would only have another just to be more mellow when they're babies. It is your first one, and that's what happens. You just yeah. nobody thinks they're doing a good job, and then you're they get googling to be, everything. You're googling, you're like, and you're just like, and you should just be relaxing. And then they get to be, you know, toddlers, and you're like, oh my god, they're good. they're fine. Yeah. Um. And yes, so it is so difficult. And what was I going to say? There was one other thing. Is um. In the feeding, even like from the breastfeeding, again, it's like what Heather told me when she was like, hey, these are your issues. I mean, believe me, I still sit there and I like when I watch my daughter, you know, only eat the, the candy the, or only eat like the bread that's on the plate, you know, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like holding myself back, like don't say anything. Yeah. But also, so the goal is to not say anything. Truly allow them, you serve the food, allow them to eat. And one interesting thing that... Um, Heather told me too was like when I was going through that issue with Haven kids push boundaries Mm -hmm. so they want to see what they can get away with Mm -hmm. right so we think it's like oh they're addicted to sugar and it's all they're going to eat it's like actually they're smarter than we think they are and they're just (laughs) trying to see also what they can get away with right and so with the food thing it's like you know we serve everything a protein a carbohydrate uh, a fat and then we we put dessert with food Mm -hmm. so it's all on it's all one plate and it's like interesting so it's not a reward that you it's get not a reward it's not like hey if you eat this you get this it's all served and like believe that. me sitting there and i'm like <laughs> i question him when she only eats the dessert i'm like yeah. is this the right thing to be doing but then i'm also modeling so i'm eating my salad i'm eating Your my grains i'm yeah. eating my i'm eating the dessert and so she, i'm and i'm like oh this tastes really good i really love like i'll be like i really love this salad what do you think? And it's not like you should eat that, right? So this is my subtle. I really love the salad. I love the salad. But again, this is the other thing too, is like we praise moms. Oh my God, your kid eats vegetables. You're amazing. Yeah. And it's like that conversation's got to change too. Kids eat differently. Right. I mean, I know we're, I'm like throwing a lot on you right no, now. No, I but just mean, I just mean it's so hard as a mom because you're trying to just do the right thing. Every parent, I truly believe, is trying to do the right thing that they think is best for their kid. Hundred percent. Right? So it's like, you know, I it it's concerning. It's like when I was worried about Audrey's eating, it was never. It was only because I wanted her to be healthy. I wanted her yes. to be strong. So I was like, you got to eat the protein. You know, you got to get some protein in her body. But now she's got that language sometimes, and she'll be like, oh, I guess I need to eat some protein. And so I've already like ingrained that in her. So just learning you know, what to do to make it a conversation that's less pressure around yeah. food in general. And, you know, I, I love what you, I saw you on another podcast, you were just saying like, and you said at the beginning of this too, like we as women need to stop sitting around talking about what the fuck we're eating. Like yes. literally it's like, we have so many better things to talk about than here's what I had today. <laughs> Unless you went to a restaurant and had an amazing meal. Yeah. Then yeah, tell that. me. Yeah. Like, cause I want to go and have it, you know, Right. but it's true. And it's, it's funny. Um, when I first started this also just in my own workplace and with my friends, 
I gave myself a challenge to not talk about food for 24 hours. Oh, that's good. It was such, it was so eye-opening. Yeah. Oh, I was like, first of all, all I talk about is food. Yeah. Because also, too, I, I would go through the thing of, like, if especially if I binge, I would want somebody to, like, excuse it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd be like, oh, my God, I ate a whole pizza. I'd be like, oh, it's okay. Like, I needed that. It was almost like confession. Right? Yeah. Like, I was going to church. But um, not only did I realize how much I talk about food, but how much everybody else talks about food, too. And so, so yeah. it is... It's and and I just want to add to really with your daughter and the protein, you're doing a great job. Like again, mm-hmm. we are all trying to unlearn and yeah. relearn, but you can still have these conversations. Again, I think we need to change the conversation around health and what healthy is. Like even now, yes. I get a little triggered on like, oh, I'm trying to be healthy, and I'm like, but what does that mean? Like people say, oh, I'm trying to get healthy, I'm not eating carbohydrates. That's not health. No, it's not. Right. So yeah. it's like it's it's changing this. So this conversation with our children is like. Protein is amazing. It helps to build muscle. Grains yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Fat is amazing. So we need our nutrients. Right. Protein, grains, and fat are our nutrients. Those are great things to teach your kids about. Yeah. Right? But when Not we're, when we're like pushing food. it down their throat is when yeah. that. So our goal is that we re- raise children that go out into the world and can make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like we don't raise them to eat the certain way that when all they want to do is eat fast food because they never got it. Exactly. So that's the so goal. so many people who that was their household. They weren't allowed. And then they went nuts because at one point they are going to get out in the world by themselves. And all those things you try to keep them from, they're going to have access to. So I feel like making, again, the restriction, making it less about that. And um, I, you know, it's funny when people come to work with me, I think one of the biggest things they want to know is like, what should I eat? Yes. And they want a list from me of do's and don'ts. I'm like, I don't give do's or don'ts. And they're like, what do you mean? And some people will come to me with this list of restrictions that they have because they have allergies. And I'm like, listen, do you really want to live your life? You're down to one half peeled grape a day, like that your body can handle. And so when I say detective, that's what I'm saying is like, I want to get you to the point where you can eat all the foods and enjoy your eating. And if there's something going on, it's not because this food is bad for you. It's because something may be going on in your gut. And so I help detective of like, let's get away from being okay with, I have this giant list of food restrictions. And I understand some people generally have allergies, but what I've determined in doing this work for, you know, as amount of time that I have been working with all the women, most of them have something else underlying. And when we get rid of that root cause, they have freedom with food again. And I have women who come to me who had these massive lists and now they're like, I can eat. I can eat pizza. I can have wine, and I'm not saying excessively, but they enjoy yeah. it. They're not worried about it. They're not thinking about it, and it's like because we've healed whatever it was, and some of it's mental, to be honest. But um, that's the goal for me. Is like I want you to be. I don't want you to stop thinking about your body. Let's get to the point where 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 we're not thinking about it anymore. Where we can do our mission. You, you know, whatever we've been designed to do. I'm like, I want you to be able to do that without. You know, because it's distracting. When you're at an event, when you're doing something and you're like, oh, I feel this or I can't eat that, you know, just this constant obsession. I'm like, I don't want you to live in that world. I want you to be free, you know. And I went from like, I can't eat any dairy. It makes me break out. And I would be obsessed with it. And like, I would just, you know, miss it so much and just be consumed with it. And then like, you know, I found there was other things going on in my body and stress was one of those things. And when I healed that, now I eat, I had full fat Greek yogurt this morning. I loved it. (laughs) I love cheese. I put cream in my coffee. And it was like a fear thing for me though. Cause I was like, if I eat that, I'm going to, my skin's going to break out. And it became this, this battle within myself. So I do think that 
there are health issues, you know, that people have that are some root causes that can be improved upon. You know, we live in a world that we just have way more toxicity coming at us than we did before, you know, Agreed. in every area. So my thing is, like, if we remove some of those things, the body can function the way it should and could, which is to have the freedom of not being consumed with what's wrong. Um, what were you going to say? So I was going to say one thing is, um, yes, I 100% agree. And with that being said, this whole to like, yes, there is just, it, this is my other philosophy. No matter what you want to believe, you can find a freaking research article, uh, you know, yeah. a documentary. Like yeah. there's documentaries on how you shouldn't eat meat. And then there's documentaries and on how how eating meat yeah. is the, will change your life. So I really believe like whatever you believe, you're going to find the research to back it, especially mm-hmm. in this day and age, right? Yeah. But we're so, too, we're, we are again... I 100% agree with you. In the same sentence, we are so obsessed with, like, toxicity and, like, you know, eating clean, which food isn't dirty. It's not even a thing. So, but, like, eat clean and, you know, less ingredients. What do you think your superfood powders are? Like, that's chemically made. Like, all of this, like, super expensive, like, healthy food is chemically made. Like, it's impossible not to be. Vital Proteins just came out yesterday with a thing about all the heavy metals that are in it. And I'm just thinking, like, all the people who've been, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's like it's collagen that's ground up in a powder that we're adding, but it's, like, it's full of heavy metals. Yes. It's like, people, you know, it's like your protein powder is not... You know, it's like, yeah. it's derived from a plant. I'm like, there's some really great marketing around this stuff. Yeah. And so, again, having that conversation, I, and it's like the dairy thing. Like, you might not be able to have dairy, but I can. Yeah. Right? Everybody's body's so different. So different. And so, yeah, like, get to the root of, we want to diet and we want to be told what to eat. Because when our lives feel out of control, feel messy, we are unhappy, the first thing we do is turn to what we can what we can control. control and what can we control what we eat but the problem is we try to control it so much it ends up being out of control if you are signing up for dieting you are signing up to overeat because any kind of restriction leads to binging period yeah so how you eat is how you live mm-hmm. so for me i was always all or nothing that's mm-hmm. how i ate that's mm-hmm. my life how you if you're super rigid and you're super regimented you probably eat that way so we have to take a step back and realize, like, what are we signing up for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so changing that whole conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And take, like, dieting doesn't work. We've done it for so many years, but yet we keep falling back to it because we're unhappy in our lives, and it's the thing that we think we can control. Yeah. But it ends up being out of control. Right. But we always think, like, especially on those nights after a binge, like, okay, I'm doing this. Tomorrow I'm going to get back on it. Where instead, like, I still have... You know, it is still part of my, a little bit of my numbing. And so, I mean, I definitely have nights where I'm like, oh yeah, I overate, I ate too much pizza. or But I don't wake up in the morning with this like guilt and shame and put a sweatshirt on and go to the gym to try to sweat it out and not eat the next day. I wake up and I think, okay, what was that all about? Mm-hmm. And I grab my journal and I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm exhausted, because my husband hasn't been home in four days, because my kids are driving me crazy, because I'm overwhelmed. Oh, that's where that yeah. binge came from. Right, having compassion for yourself. Is yeah, and, and asking there. questions. Right. Like, instead of, this is the biggest thing, guilt and shame is what locks us into this inflammation, this weight gain. It's the guilt and shame mm-hmm. is doing more to our bodies yeah. than anything you'll ever eat. Mm-hmm. But we, that's what, and guilt and shame doesn't move you forward. Action does. Yeah. So now I think, well, how can I take action in a better way than dieting? 
And again, believe me, those things still come up for me. Like, oh, maybe I could just not eat that. Or, and I'm like, no, 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 old programming. Okay, how can I take action today? I could journal. I could go for a walk. I could call a friend. Like, you have to have tools yeah. that will take you and recognize when you want to do these things that you know don't serve you and you know are not sustainable. And you know you don't want to pass on, not only to your own children, but to other women. Yep. So when we show up as our authentic selves in our authentic body, we give other we give permission for other women to do the same. Yes. And we gotta remember that. Yeah. So when I have a bad body image day, which I do. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks like, oh, this Jenny's is like, a well, super woman. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, just tell me what to eat and it'll cure it. Yeah. Then I'll love my body, then I'll love but it's like it, we're always evolving. Yeah. And we're gonna have bad days. But you just can't unpack and live there. Right. Right? So like when I have a bad day, I sit in it. I'm like, all right, I'm having, like, I'm feeling all these feelings. I feel fat. I feel this. I feel old and wrinkly and all the things. And then literally the next day, I do the one thing that for me is the hardest. I put on a pair of shorts and I wear it all day. Because for me, that's like combating those yeah. feelings. I'm like, right. you know what? No, I'm going to own this body right now. I'm going to wear these shorts. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go sh- do whatever I want to do. And I'm going to wear shorts. Yeah. Because for me, shorts have always been a thing. Yeah. But every time I do it, by the end of the day, I feel so empowered. Yeah. I'm like, this is me standing up for myself and my right. body. Right. I think, uh, to a lot of the women in my audience, you know, they're chasing health. Um, they're trying to find answers to what's going on. And I think that can also become addicting. Yes. That there's always something wrong and there's always something to fix. And uh, the obsession, the time, the money. And it's just so tiring of like, okay, I got to keep trying to figure it, figure this out. And I think, too, having compassion on your body, like I said, I've learned whatever my body's doing, it's brilliant because it's always trying to correct and save me. It's trying to keep me alive, honestly. And so if it's putting on weight, it's because it needs to do that right now for whatever reason. And even women who are healing their metabolism and healing their hormones from restrictive eating, no carbs, all this stuff, a lot of time they put on weight because their body needs to. Their hormones need it to get back into balance, and there needs to be this adjusting that happens, which can be uncomfortable for people once they've been in that world for so long. But it's like it knows what it's doing. It it really does. It's so smart, and everything it does is to protect you. And if it's trying to move, like, heavy metal or something somewhere else, it's like, well, this is a safe place for it to go, you know? And so it's like – Getting into a conversation instead of being mad and frustrated with, like, why is this happening? Thanking it, thanking your body, and, like, putting your hands on that area. Like, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And I'm trying to do that with, you know, my clients and myself more of, like, there's a reason this is happening. Your body's smart. It knows yes. what it's doing. And instead of being in this this war with yourself, right? Because as long as you are at war within yourself, those stress levels, all of the hormones that go along with that are going to be there, just exactly what you said, which is probably worse than if you just, you know, let your body do whatever it needs to do. But it's so hard to do. And, like, you know, I, I go through it myself. I... I, after I got married, um, you know, I, I put on some weight and I picked up a parasite in Mexico and I'm like trying to adjust my oh. thyroid change, all this stuff. But, you know, it was funny because my mom, I was talking about with my mom and she's so great. She's laughing. She's like, I'm happy because I feel like you're just happy. You had 10 years of, it was horrible. Single motherhood, multiple divorces, trying to survive and you're happy now and oh, your body is like... You're, you're, you're happy with Nick and, and your body looks great and your body's relaxing and it's just comfortable. And I was like, you're right. You know, you're right. That, that That's part of it. I don't have to do it on my own anymore. And my body's just in a place of like, it's safe. Yeah. 
for the first time in my life, I have safety and security. And it's like, it's like my body's like, okay, that's a good thing. Because the way that I weighed when I was in that stress as a single mother trying to survive, going through divorce, custody battles, it was not a weight that came from like, I'm doing the right thing. It was like, I was in survival mode. And so it's like, my body didn't know, you know, again, it was trying to protect me, but it had a different response. And so I think there's just so much behind it that's not just something's wrong. It could be also for the first time I feel safe and secure. So my body has plenty. Yes. <laughs> and so many of us too, this is a question, guys, you totally made me cry. Um, and I'm so happy that you are at this point. Congratulations, mm-hmm. by the way. It's just, it's awesome. Um, you know, with that being said, this just goes back to everything we were talking about. It's like, um, I really want women to question, like when I have a bad body day too, I think, who made up those rules? Yeah. Like who told me that being this weight is heavy? Mm-hmm. Like I feel strong in my body. I'm really strong. And mm-hmm. when I was 20 pounds lighter, like I said earlier, it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's not a way to live. Right? I always say my definition of health now is funny. You just said it. My definition of health a healthy body is one you're not at war with. Yeah. And so really that's what we're working on. But we really have to question like who made these rules? Like a lot of these women I'm sure coming to you are like, yes, I'm feeling this and I'm looking for my root cause. But in the back of their minds, like we do, we want to lose weight. We want to be thinner. Right. But we have to question that. Like why? If you feel strong and you feel like who told you that you need to weigh 140 pounds? Like for me to weigh 140 pounds is not healthy. And yeah. so it's questioning like who did make these rules and mm-hmm. who and it it is like the conversation needs to change with doctors. The tra- I mean this is such a huge, it's a huge thing. cultural societal thing, but when we can question that and again questioning like why don't you trust yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean I used to say all the time like oh if you just let me eat whatever I'm just going to live off pizza. You actually won't. Your body does not if, if this is the other magical thing that happens. When you allow yourself to eat all the foods, which again, I know seems so radical for a lot of people, and it takes time to get to this point, and you may gain weight in the beginning of intuitive eating, yeah. you know, or doing, because you your body, like you said, is adjusting, yeah. and then you're going to get back to your set point, but it's, your body, like, I don't want to eat a burger every day. I might want a burger, and then the next day I want a kale salad. Like, right. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually do crave salads. Yeah. I do crave juice, but juice right. is not a meal. Juice is not, it's like, oh yeah, I'd like a nice, lovely green juice right now. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. But it's because I want it, not because I have to have it. Right, and then it, I think, too, when you're coming out of that restrictive mode, your body's trying to make up for some you're, of Exactly, and because so you want ice cream every mode. day because it's, yes. like, the most rich. Yeah, exactly. It was in, it was in survival mode, and... Um, I want to just say what you said about, um, oh, I lost my train of thought, just about how uh, I totally lost it. I totally lost what I was Well, thinking. I think it's just, it's, you know, this whole, con- like, you're really trying to help people get to the root issue and the balance, which is amazing what you do. And it's, it's truly part of getting in harmony with our bodies is questioning what you learned about your body growing yes, up. Yes, that's what I was going to say is what you said earlier about 
what if we told girls like hey your body's going to change like it's amazing. it's amazing i have a my sister-in-law just her daughter went through got her first period and i loved what she did she had all the women in her life write her a letter just oh. about how amazing it is to have this change you know being a woman and we made her like a little box with stuff in it i just thought it was so cool That's instead cool. of it being like this shameful thing like hide away don't tell anybody or again freaking out like oh my god you got your period yeah oh my god like, yeah how we react yeah. as parents yeah. is a big like just not even what we say but our emotions yeah and how our initial reaction gives our children so, so many messages and so i think like oh you could also do that around your body changing physically not just period but like hey you know I don't even know how you would say that your body's going to get bigger it's going to get stronger whatever and just making that be okay because why is it that me at 39 thinks I should look like me at 22 like why where did I get that information from that I shouldn't change and maybe it's not that somebody said you shouldn't change but just nobody was saying you're going to change and it's okay I wasn't getting the permission over here so it's not like I don't think anybody ever said to me you have to stay this weight and be this skinny and blah 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 to be happy I think I just never got the other message that it might be okay that it does change and the subtle messages like again you know you're with women and somebody lost weight and people are praising that person so you're internalizing like and if that's you and you because you're gonna lose and gain weight your entire life yeah like you're gonna have seasons right But for instance, like, let's say, you know, you're super stressed, you lose a bunch of weight. Nobody knows actually what's going on in your life. They're just like, oh my God, you look amazing. (laughs) You look so... My hair's falling out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you're just like, oh, thank you. But you're internalizing like, oh, I'm being praised for this. Like, this is a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, this is, people value this in me. And people around you listen to that and they're like, well, now I'm jealous now I want to lose weight. Yeah. This is valued, and you're taking that. And then, we're, like, where do you go from there? What happens when you gain the weight? Now you're stressed, and when when you see that person again, like, oh my God, they're gonna think I gained weight, and oh, you know. And now it's this whole. That is a huge part of the conversation is commenting on other people's bodies. Yeah. So how do you stop that if you're with some women and that's the conversation? What would you say? Would you be like, how do you do? You feel strong? Would you say nothing? Would you just? Like if people were comment, yeah, on, anytime people are, are commenting on other, um, I say, first of all, I don't really want to talk about this right now. Yeah. And I, I would say, first of all, well, what you look like is the least interesting thing yeah. about you. All right. Yeah. So I hope you feel great. High five. But like, let's talk about something more important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just, again, you don't. You don't have to be a bitch about it, and you don't have to be mean about it, right? Because yeah, it is hard to, like, I, I, I'm just picturing how that would go. But if you do it in a... And it is really, you know, like, it's, again, it's, we have to be brave enough to be the one to change the conversation. Because when we do, it makes other people think. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if somebody, you know, I hope everything's going really well for you. I love you as a friend. You are radiant. You are powerful. Yeah. How's your relationship? Yeah. <laughs> How's your life? What's going on with you? You turn to your other friend. Like for our girls, and pretty is not bad. It's funny, you know, there's this whole movement like don't tell girls they're pretty. And then I, I've heard people say, well, like, I was never told I was pretty. You know, no matter what you say, there's always <laughs> a true sides. You know, it's like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. But for us, um, so we don't, when my when our girls come out every morning, we, I use the word powerful and vibrant. So uh-huh. they come out and they'll come out in a dress and and I'll be wow, you look so powerful. You look so vibrant. And then my, my daughter will be like, am, am I beautiful? Am I pretty? And I'll say, do you feel 
pretty. And then we also have this conversation of what what really makes you what really makes a person pretty, how nice you are to others, mm-hmm, right. the kind of person you are. Yeah. So we have a lot of these conversations, and it's amazing too what they pick up off TV. You know, so I'll hear them say things that I'm like, <gasps> I know. But again, I don't freak out, and then I'll, and I'll ask like, oh, where'd you learn that? Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. again, pretty is not a bad word. Right. We we just try to use other words to describe it. Yeah, I love that. And so just being really, uh, you know, with the, with the, it's about empowering our friendships. Like as women, we need to stop bonding over body, over body and food stuff. Like that's it right there. Like, Hey, you guys, like, I love you. I don't want to bond over this anymore. Like we are smart. We are strong. We are amazing women. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you don't feel empowered, get up and leave. Mm-hmm. They will get the message. Like, oh, why'd you leave? You're like, because I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, 100%. But, like, again, empowering your friends. Like, we're be- you're, you're smart. You're strong. You're powerful. Like, yeah. you got better things to talk there about. Are, and it's true. We do have better things to talk about because people bring so much more value. And I think, yeah, having those deep conversations. I mean, I'm definitely someone who doesn't shy away. You can ask any of my friends from talking about deep stuff and doing that inner work. I think it's just really important. I find my friendships are deeper and better because oh, yeah. Small, of it. Smaller groups, deeper. My, my husband, so funny. I, like, I'm intense. And so I hate small talk. Actually, small talk is is like an energy vampire for me. Yeah. Like, I, it sucks all the life out of me. Yeah. Like, I meet you and I'm like, I'm looking right in your soul and I'm like, so, what's going on? Yeah. Like, how's your relationships? I want to know that you're an alcoholic, that you've had an affair. Like, tell yeah. me all the things. <laughs> it's so funny. Connor, my husband's always like, how do you get people to just like tell you their life? And I'm like, yeah. because everybody wants to talk about their lives if you just listen right. and you ask the right questions. Right. And so he's a firefighter. We'll go to the firehouse and he'll be like, please don't ask the chief like what <laughs> his issues scary. are. And he'll be like, can you just tone it down tonight? <laughs> Awesome. But I think it's true when you, exactly what you said about the permission, when you do it yourself, you give permission to do that. Yes. The people, and it's the same with authenticity and vulnerability. Yes. When you're vulnerable first, I feel like people are much more, when I just share, which I do, I have no shame, people are more willing to share and be vulnerable back. And it's the same sort of permission. And yeah, that's And that's how we help. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just sharing my truth. Yeah. And you can't tell me I'm wrong because Mm -hmm. this is my truth. Mm -hmm. You can disagree with it. Right. But this is my truth. It doesn't have to be right for you, but it's right for me. Right. Right? And so mm-hmm. we can have different opinions, but I'm not an expert or a guru or anything, but I'm, I am sharing my truth. Mm-hmm. And I put myself out like an open book. And just to give everybody, like I know I've said a lot about, you know, changing the conversation and diet culture and food and body, but also just know, I mean, you probably saw my Instagram over the weekend. This stuff creeps up. I've been nine, nine years sober. I say quitting diet culture is like having a relapse of alcohol. So we were in a hotel room, and there was a scale. We were in this really fancy hotel room. My sister is very bougie. And my uh, my niece was graduating from USC. And so we all, oh, got yeah. to, we all got to go to L.A. And my husband, the morning, took the kids to the pool so I could go to the gym because I wanted to do a workout. And so they're at the pool, and I come back. And I didn't recognize it, but there was a scale in the hotel room. And I, like, had a relapse. I was like, I'm going to – because I don't yeah. weigh myself. I, we don't have a scale in our house. I'm very – I'm very um, – I promote not, like, getting rid of your scale. And so I saw the scale, and I thought, oh, my, I'm going to weigh myself. And so I had just gotten back from this amazing workout. I'm staying in this beautiful hotel. My entire family is there. My husband is taking the kids to give me a break. 
And I'm like, I'm going to step on this scale. You decided to take a shot in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Literally, that's what I felt like. I was like, I'm going to, and I was like, I'm going to weigh myself. And the scale didn't work. It was out of batteries. And I was like, oh my, but like, what are the chances that that in this hotel, that there's a scale in every single room, that in this particular room. There's some some divine provision for you right there. Right? And so it was like my aha moment of like, oh yeah, I am. And I did a whole Instagram post about it. But, like, it's, again, it still creeps in. Like, I caught myself. I was like, oh, like, I just, all those things I just mentioned, and then here, why do I need to step on a scale? To what? Tell me I'm doing things right? Right. Which probably would have, you ruined your weekend. Well, just, and like, (laughs) but yes, and it was just this, like, why did I feel, why do we feel the need, we need to step on the scale to let us know what? Like, people always say, well, if I don't have a scale, I don't know if I'm tracked. Well, if you don't, if you are not in alignment with yourself, you're going to feel it. And that's the goal. Everybody's like, what's is exactly what you're doing? It's to get in alignment with yourself. It's yeah. to listen when those triggers are up. So again, I can view this stuff and it's absolutely how I live, but just know it's a roller coaster, mm-hmm. just like with anything else. Yeah. And as women, there is no final answer. We are constantly evolving, we are constantly changing, and that is how we become better. You don't always have to believe and do things the way you've done them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was wonderful. I could talk to you all day. But I know. I love chatting. <laughs> um, okay, so how can people find you? On Instagram, I'll share your handle. Thank and you. then you have a book. I have a book. It's mm-hmm. called Breaking the Cycle. Mm-hmm. It's literally everything we just talked about. Um, it's less about the food and body stuff. That's going to be my next book. Um, but really getting to the root of your issue and why you numb out. It's my story of going from an alcoholic to owning a business and having an amazing family and really turning my life around. Yeah. And so you can buy it on Amazon. We self-published. I'm really proud of it. And I'm. it reads a lot like I speak. So it's a very easy read, but it's yeah. also part journal. Yeah. So at the end of each chapter, so each chapter is a story of my life, but then at the end of each chapter are three questions. And I ask you to turn the story around on yourself. And so mm-hmm. hopefully you've related to what I've said, but also now trying to work through your cycles. Mm. I love that. Yeah. yeah, my husband's sober too. We're gonna do an episode on on alcohol and healing from that. We did one before, but um, yeah, maybe we'll have you back and you can awesome. have a conversation yeah. about that. I can't wait to meet your husband. Yeah, he's he's a cool dude. All right, Jenny. Well, thanks for being here. I'm gonna share uh, links to her book and her um, info on Instagram in the show notes. And I just loved having you. Thanks so much. This was so fun. Okay. So what an amazing conversation, uh, right? I think it's something that's just so refreshing and different in this health industry. And I know many of you listening have questions and are thinking, oh my gosh, how can I do this? How can I switch what I'm doing? You might not agree with everything that was said, and that's okay, uh, because this is a process and figuring out what works for you. I think the biggest takeaway for me is nutrition and health should focus around what feels good to you what feels good in your body and the choices you should be making should be centered around that instead of rules regulations restrictions that are just going to lead to unhealthy cycle patterns of binging and restricting and just a really uh, a really unhealthy relationship with food in your body and you know, like we said, as long as you are at war with yourself and your body, you're never going to have true radiance and health and flourishing um, because of the impact that that has on you emotionally and physically. And so I think you can find uh, a peaceful balance of, you know, wanting to be healthy, 
wanting to feel good. You know, for me with my issues, it never was just I'm gaining weight and I don't like the way I look. Uh, that, you know, is part of it, but it was I feel exhausted. I feel tired. I can't show up for my family. I don't even have energy to work out. So we can't just stay in that place of just letting ourselves deteriorate. And I'm always going to be something, somebody who wants to be a detective and help you be a detective to figure out what is causing this. And if there are some things I can shift, let's do it. And some of those are going to be behaviors and patterns around sleep and how we're taking care of ourselves and boundaries and our inner world. And some of them are going to be physical changes of, you know, what's going in our body that actually makes us feel good or removing toxicities and things that are in the way. But I do think we can become obsessed with health to an unhealthy point uh, where we're thinking about food all the time. We're worried about our body all the time. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. And, you know, we've seen the health industry go through these different extremes, right? We've got people right now saying you can't eat any vegetables and the vegetables are BS and they're going to destroy your body. (laughs) And then we have people on the other side, you know, saying that's all you need to eat and um, meat is terrible. And uh, it's just very, it's a very confusing time. We have access to so much information and it can be overwhelming about what to do. But listen, your body is individual and how it processes different foods is going to be individual. There's some basics, um, you know, that we can learn and wrap our minds around, but ultimately looking to someone else to tell you what to do all the time is just going to lead you to a path of confusion. And this is why I want to empower women to really be their own health advocates and to get into a balanced place with eating where we're not on these huge pendulum swings. And, you know, the health industry has told you for years that dairy is bad and milk is bad and you need to be consuming all these nut milks and Um, you know, all these things that have just really just ruined our perspective of food, made us so confused. And there are some people who dairy is just not a good idea for, and that's fine. But being stuck in this rule for no reason, um, without really exploring what feels good to your body just leads us to slavery and leads us to an unhealthy relationship with food. And so I want you to flourish. I want you to feel good in your body. I want you to feel vibrant, radiant, and able to show up and do your mission on this planet. And that means you're not distracted by your body in every aspect. You're not worried about it too much. You know, the pain and the uncomfortability isn't there so that you can just forget about it and show up and be present with the people you love in your life. It's when our bodies take us away from being present, that's a problem. And some of those are going to be health issues and some of those are just going to be mindset and um, just being obsessed with what we look like and, you know, food. And so... Living in a land where all foods fit and you figuring out what works for you is really the place for freedom. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to feel good to eat a certain way. And other times, you know, if you want the the treat, whatever it is, the cinnamon roll, the cookies, the pizza, and you don't do it and you're obsessed with it and you're thinking about it days later because you're like, man, I really wish I could have had that. That is not freedom around food and your body. And it would be better for you just to have some of it and then forget about it and go on with your life and really enjoy it in that moment. And I also think when we eat those foods, how we're talking about those foods matters. And if you just sit there and enjoy it, eat it slowly, Um, you know, without getting into a shame cycle, that's really where freedom lies. So I understand while you're on this health journey, sometimes there's things that you need to remove out of the way while you're focusing on healing. Um, But we don't want to stay there too long. And I think that that's what happens is people get stuck in these patterns. Um, 
So I love what Jenny's doing. I think it's so important for girls, for young girls, especially those of us who are raising young girls to learn how to do this. I also think it's important for boy moms and for raising boys because listen, those boys, how they talk about women's bodies, some of my biggest complexes came from guys that I dated and things they said about my body. And we need to raise men as well who uh, don't focus on that because guys can also have complexes about their bodies, be obsession, and that obsession can pass on to other people. And so we need to raise people who um, just have a different conversation about this. And this is hard. I don't think it's easy. We've all been ingrained in this for a long time. And I think it's difficult to find the sweet spot, but I know that we can do it. I know that we can start to move in a different direction. And, you know, um, I think it's important to work with someone who makes you feel good about your body, who empowers you to discover yourself what feels good and who moves away from rules and regulations around food and into food freedom. So you got to figure out what that is for you. Uh, I think my balance program would be a great step in the right direction of figuring those things out and really solving some of those root causes that might be causing food sensitivity and issues for you uh, without being too consumed with yes or no's, rules, do's and don'ts and um, really leading you to optimal health, feeling vibrant and radiant and freedom in your body so that you can show up and do your mission. So I'm so thankful for Jenny. Um, I'm so glad that we got to talk and I think she's doing awesome work in the world and I really respect her because we talked about after, you know, the pressure on us as health professionals, people are watching us and they're looking to our bodies and just that fear, if your body changes, you gain weight, whatever, the critique and the judgment is just tenfold than regular people who don't have their bodies examined or what we're eating examined by, you know, our followers and population. And so, Um, I admire her for letting those pressures go and for really focusing on being vulnerable with her audience and sharing her journey, both in her sobriety, but also this journey of changing the conversation with around food and her body for herself. And um, I hope you guys were inspired by this conversation and I can't wait to see you next time on our next episode of the Sozo Sessions. And that's all for now. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bye.